listening to Raising HSE, a podcast designed for parents with students in Hamilton Southeastern schools. Each episode, you'll hear from different staff and teachers, and they'll share with you helpful tips, information that your student can use, and a few parenting hacks, because together we're Raising HSE. Welcome everybody. My name is Brooke Lawson. I'm the mental health and school counseling coordinator. And I have two guests with me today to talk a little bit about how we make sure our students are ready to successfully return to school this school year. I'm really excited to introduce to you Audra Franklin and Courtney Anderson, two mental health therapists in our community who are actually going to be working alongside HSE schools um, because of a very generous grant from the Hamilton Southeastern Education Foundation. Foundation um, in collaboration with the United Way of Central Indiana, we are going to be able to provide some counseling and support services to students in Hamilton Southeastern schools to make sure that that transition back to school is successful and smooth. And so um, I'm going to let Courtney and Audra introduce themselves, say something about themselves pretty quickly. And then what we're going to do today is just provide some tips um, and some information for you as parents on how you can support your students as we return back to school. So Audra, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself quickly? Hi, I'm Audra Franklin. I am a managing family therapist. Um, I work at a private practice. I love working with older children, so the middle school to high school kids, that's kind of my area of specialty. Um, so yeah, they're my passion and I love working with them. Hi, my name is Courtney Anderson. I am also a marriage and family therapist here working at a private practice in um, Northeastern Indianapolis. I also love working with kids and that's my passion, uh, more so the younger kiddos. So I am easy enough to just sit down crisscross applesauce with a kindergartner up to middle school and um, really help those kiddos where they struggle with that anxiety or those worries and helping them learn that it's okay and how we can breathe through it and um, have a good day and a successful return back to school. Great. Thanks so much, Courtney. So Audra, can you tell me as a parent, what are some warning signs that I might notice um, that would kind of tip me off that my child might be kind of struggling with this transition to return back to school or even that they might be struggling with some mental health issues that might require some additional support? Okay, so children generally, when they're dealing with some form of fear or anxiety or depression, they have this fight or flight kind of mentality. And so just watching to see for those types of excuses as, you know, I don't feel well, the excuses of um, maybe there's somebody at school that doesn't like me, just some type of excuse that you maybe haven't really heard in the past that is new to you. That's kind of their coping mechanism or their defense shield, I should say, for not having to go back to school. Kids are a lot of times they can't identify anxiety, they can't identify depression, they just know that they're nervous. And because they're nervous, they're gonna do anything to avoid that feeling. So just watch for those types of excuses that maybe you haven't heard in the past that might be kind of new to you. That's kind of how kids like to say, um, I'm scared. Yeah, great, thanks. Yeah, I have a, I have a soon to be third grader and I know, um, 
with, with my son, it typically takes a little bit of questioning from me when I notice a change in his behavior before he can actually verbalize what it is that he's actually struggling with. But, you know, us parents, we know our kids so well, we can typically notice a change um, in their behavior of some sort. And so that's when it's so important, you're right, to start asking questions and thinking a little bit more um, about those behaviors. So Courtney, as we think about getting back to normal, and if if parents could see me right now, they'd see my air quotes. Um, and returning back to kind of a pre-COVID lifestyle, what are some things that parents can do to kind of ease that transition or make sure that their child is successful? Yeah, and actually, I think the the biggest part of this is communication is the key. Um, communication with your kiddo, um, with the teachers, with the school, because you exactly what you just said about, you know, you're soon to be third grader is that we know our kids. So our teachers are our experts in teaching, right? So they're ready to go and they're ready to help these kiddos through this transition that we had this rough um, go of it for, you know, a little school year and a half. And so now we have this ability to let those teachers be those experts and teach our kids. But we are those experts in our kids and, and what their behaviors are. And so we can see that something's off, something's not quite right. Um, we may have to ask those questions to be able to get to the, to the reasoning for it, but truly it is all about communicating with, with your child and then also getting ready for that, that day of, for them to go to school and what that looks like and who their teachers are, who are those people, those school counselors that you can rely on. And so you have that expert knowledge of your child. Your teacher has an expert knowledge of teaching your child. So be able to communicate back and forth and have that information. That's key. I love that. You're so right. Communication is so important. And um, I think we often forget that our, our children's emotional state really impacts their ability to engage in school and their ability to learn. And so anything we can do as parents up front to help with that, even if it's, hey, um, classroom teacher, my child had a really rough morning. I just wanted you to know that um, they might need a few a little TLC today. That can be really, really helpful to our teachers. Um, as we're transitioning back to school and, and um, even any, even if we weren't transitioning back to school, that information really can be helpful. Absolutely. So Audra, um, if I'm a parent, which I am, <laughs> and my child comes to me and, and says, you know, I'm really worried or, or starts saying a lot of concerns about, you know, what school might be like, how could I respond or what are some things I could do to help provide some encouragement and promote some healthy coping um, within my child? So the children that I normally work with, kids have very much all or nothing black and white thinking. If I don't like one thing, I don't like everything. And so what they'll do is they'll apply that to school. And it might be that math is something they don't like. And so because they don't like math, they don't like school. So a lot of times I, when I work with children, even my own kids, it's like, well, what part of the day is the hardest for you? Kind of breaking that down. Um, a lot of times you use what's like pizza slices. What part is the hardest? And what part is the easiest? What part do you feel most confident in? Asking them, 
What does it feel like when you feel confident? What, how do you know that you can get through those days? Is there a way that when you're confident in science, is there a way that we can pull that confidence into math? Because math, well, for the high schoolers, 45 minutes. Like, is there a way that we can push through because it's just a small slice of your day? And so kind of breaking that down for kids that it's not your, like, if it's your, if it's your whole day, okay, kind of understand like what part of just school in general is hard but if you can break that down for them to see like okay it's only math or it's you know only social studies or it's only passing periods and then kind of give them those coping skills for those just small sectors of the day like whether it's some deep breathing exercises whether it's how do we keep that rational brain activated paying attention to your surroundings paying attention to what's around you i do a, a nice coping skill we call it five four three two one it's a thing of getting that rational brain back activated. What are five things around you that you can see? What are five, four things around you that you can touch? Three things around you that you can smell, two things around you that you can taste, or no, one thing around you that you can taste. And just kind of going through those five senses, it just activates that rational brain and it takes our focus off of fear, even if it's for one minute. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I love that. Yeah, we we often have the conversation in our house about the best thing about a bad day is tomorrow's a new day and we get to start all over again um, and reminding um, children, they often get caught in those loops. You're right. Of like, if I didn't like this then I'm not going to like any of it. And so reminding our children of the positives and, and, and those strategies that they know that they can use to help support themselves. Um, so Courtney, if, if my child has been, Oh, go ahead, Audra. No, it's okay. And also another thing I, I forgot to mention, reach out to your school guidance counselor, reach out. They are another resource. They're kind of your resource when your child's at school, reach out to them, let them know your concerns as well. Your guidance, your school guidance counselor will be a huge, huge help um, as kind of advocating for your child while they're at school. Right. You're exactly right. They are our school counselors are wonderful resources to our students and our families, and they are there on site to support our children uh, with any difficulties that they're having. Um, so Courtney, if, if I'm a parent and my child's been virtual since um, really the 2020 school year, um, what are some things you might suggest I do to kind of help support with that transition um, back to in-person learning? A lot of it comes down to routine. Um, the you know, for virtual school, the routine was maybe stay in your pajamas. Um, you know that during that school break, you got to watch Netflix or you know grab a snack from the refrigerator. So some of those comforts at home obviously aren't coming with us to school. Um, yay for maybe a pajama day sometime during the year, but not every day is pajama day. So it will be helpful um, to have a plan. So start now, start before that first day of school of going to bed at a normal bedtime, getting up when they need to get up to go to school. Are they taking the bus? Um, maybe find out what that bus route looks like. Uh, walk down to that bus stop. Uh, or if you're taking them to school, drive that route with them in the morning. Uh, that even helps us parents know those hiccups of, you know, the traffic that one stoplight's always going to get us and we need that extra moment. So it can help us get into that transition um, of that school schedule. Uh, also, for some of those kiddos that are maybe new to the school or new to school in general, um, a kindergartner trying to open a cheese stick is the 
I think epitome of difficulty for a poor kindergartner just trying to peel that plastic off. And so anything that may be a step for those kids to have a struggle because you know the pencils aren't sharpened yet or um, they don't know how to open up that lunch packet, whatever it may be, is to practice that now. Um, so at dinner time, put dinner in a, in a lunchbox and the whole family sits down and we have dinner um, lunchbox style um, to help those kiddos learn how to open up those snacks. Um, it also may be to have something for them to look forward to. So if that is to come home and have snack um, with a family member or something special um, that the dog is gonna come with them to pick them up from their first day, whatever it may be, to have that reward to encourage them to go. Um, and then the last thing that I can think of is, is a fun skill for a family to have. If you have dinner together or you have a car ride together, um, this is a game that actually my family and I made up. Um, I don't know, couldn't tell you why we picked Hippo, but we play a game called Hilo Hippo. Um, we just picked Hippo because I think it went with the, with the name, but we talk about our high part of our day, our low part of our day, and then we count to three and clap. So uh, we do this at restaurants and we're that weird family that's all clapping over in the corner, but we have so much fun with it because it's a really good way of asking your kiddo, well, what did you do today? It's so hard. They just had six plus hours of things going on. And so I had a fun day. That, that, that's usually your answer. So being able to play Hilo Hippo and the kids know it's coming so if they have a really fun thing that happens at school or maybe a not so fun thing that happens at school, they'll be like, ooh, I'm, I'm talking about that at Hilo Hippo tonight. And so it's a way um, for them to share that information, but also, you know, when they're getting in the car, it's not just the blanket, how was your day? Um, it gives them a really good way to pinpoint that really great part of their day and then maybe the not so great part of their day back to that communication piece. So if there's something that, you as a parent can work with teacher, school counselor on those things that are the not so great part of their day. Um, then that's a, a great way to get that information. And in a fun way as a family and parents too, to share you know, our high part of the day and our low part of the day, because we as parents need to show that we struggle too. Um, so you know, it, parents have worries, parents have anxieties, and we can share a bit of that with our kids to let them know they're not the only ones. Mm -hmm. You're so right. Well, and the other thing, Courtney, I was going to mention too, you know, <clears throat> if your child hasn't been in our school buildings um, lately, especially those secondary buildings, they're so big and they can feel so overwhelming. And I would definitely encourage families to attend those self-guided tours that we have coming up over the next couple of weeks. It's a really non-threatening way that you and your child can go into the school, walk around, find your way around the building. Um, and if you can't make it or you missed it, reach out to the school. I'm sure they would be happy to work with you to find a time where you and your child can come in and spend some time in the building, getting used to the building, getting used to the routine. Um, the best thing to reduce anxiety is to actually know the routine, right? And so if your child has been in the building and they know what door they're going in and they know what hallway to go down and they know where their classroom is, that's really going to help them be more successful on that first day back to school. Um, so Audra, 
if I'm concerned that my child might struggle to return to school, what, what should I do? Who should I reach out to? Um, and, and what are some things that I might need to do? So kind of going back as you know, previously stated, reach out to your school guidance counselor. Again, they're gonna be a huge advocate for families, for parents, for just a, an amazing resource at the school. So you can kind of get the, the ball rolling of just like, hey, these are kind of my concerns. This is what I'm noticing. Um, it's, and then try to kind of have that communication with the guidance counselor. If it's like, okay, my child is struggling. Well, that's really, really broad. That's like saying I want to have better communication. It's just, it's broad. Try to pinpoint those behaviors that you're saying, this is what they're struggling with. If whatever they're saying, if they're saying I'm sick or if they're saying I'm worried that I, you know, I don't have any friends. Um, a lot of times if for the kids that are transitioning to maybe secondary school or to high school, if they've missed all last year, then they're going into a new school where maybe they they won't know everyone. And so that's that's also kind of um, scary for even older kids as well. So I think it's really listening to the child of just saying, what area are they struggling in? That will really kind of help as well. And again, going back to that conversation with, with the child, um, children with open-ended questions, children do better with like what or how questions. Like, how could I lower your fear of going back to school just a little bit? Not, not all the way to zero. Can you function if your fear is at a seven? Can you function in a seven? So just asking them and like really empowering them. Of course, we know as parents, the goal is for them not to be scared at all. But if your child can function at a seven in fear, like really empower them. Like, I know you're scared. I know you're nervous. I know you are. But however, I've seen you function in fear before. I've seen you function when you're nervous. If you can pull a past memory back from a kid when they did well, when they were scared, it's very empowering. So if you have to use a game that they played, if you have to use, maybe they went off to summer camp and they were scared that they were going to miss you, you know, you as a parent, but try to pull a past memory for them that they can hold on to this, man, I can function in fear. I can function when I'm nervous and kids do well with that. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, this is a, an opportunity too, for us to talk a little bit about our successful school return program. And so Audra mentioned reaching out to your school counselor, and that's so important because they can kind of help work through, you know, is your child appropriate for some support from Audra or Courtney, or is this something that the school counselor can kind of help the family and work through that with them as well? So like Audra said, I can't stress enough to reach out to the school, let them know your concerns, and, and we will do our best to support you and your family. Um, Courtney, let's say it's the morning of the first day of school, or maybe even the second or third day of school. Sometimes the first day of school goes really smoothly because everyone's so excited. And then it's like the second and the third and the fourth day of school that everybody struggles with. So, you know, it's the first, it's the second day of school. And my child tells me that they're not going to go to school. What do I do? Yeah. So actually, uh, Audra pinpointed this and I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on that with the idea of Asking a child why is difficult. Asking really anybody why is difficult. It's hard to answer why. Um, I don't want to go to school today. Well, why? Well, that's difficult to answer. There's a lot there. And so um, why could be I have a stomach ache? Well, we know our kids. And so is it because they ate McDonald's for dinner last night? Okay, I, I could give you a stomach ache, but 
really is what, what's happening here. And so asking the question, what happened or what is happening allows them to tell a story. It allows them to walk through yesterday. Well, what happened is yesterday I had a bad day because I didn't understand what we were doing in math and I don't want to go back now. So why would be, I don't like school. Well, okay, well, what happened at school that made it not a good day? And so by asking the what happens or the hows instead of a why is a good way to kind of narrow it down to that small point of figuring out what's going on. And then it's communication and planning. So if now, right now, you know your child is gonna be one of those that isn't gonna to wanna to go to school on the first day. They're always nervous, they've always struggled, um, or they're just now telling you, I'm not going back. So now it's time to plan. We don't wait until first day of school, we plan now. And so that again, reaching out to school counselor, reaching out to your teacher to get some information from them to see if this program would be helpful or if you know, teacher or school counselor have other resources that are helpful. Um, and then also the idea of staying home. So if they wanna stay home because they like staying home because there's video games and TVs and the dog and snacks and you know, sleeping in my pajamas and all the things, I, I would wanna stay home too, right? I think we all would. So <laughs> I understand that. However, that doesn't need to be what it looks like. So after the first day of school, those video games don't get turned back on. The Netflix password gets changed. That Wi-Fi gets turned off. Whatever it is, if a child is staying home because they are ill, they are resting. If a child is staying home because they're nervous, they're worried, and that is the illness, then we need help. Understandable. If they're staying home because uh, Fortnite is amazing, I understand, but that's what Saturdays and Sundays are for. So it, it's that idea of if we make it super comfortable for them to stay home, of course, they're going to want to stay home. So that kind of back to tough love and trust me, I get it. My kiddos are 10, nine and seven. They love PJ days and tablets and all the things, but they also know that on the first day of school, those things are off and, and they don't work until the weekend. So it's, it's what that um, parent-led moments are like at home and helping answer that what happened instead of the why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that in those moments of high stress, it can be so easy for you to want to say, fine, just stay home. Um, but that ends up, that can build a really, really bad habit of, you know, honestly, it's or, um, avoidance, right? Absolutely. And if we keep avoiding those difficult things, we're going to get in a really bad, bad um, loop, like Audra was saying, of how I cope with hard things is I avoid them. Um, and we don't want that for our children. Um, we want them to understand that they can persevere through life's challenges um, and, and do what they need to do and, and do hard things, even though it might be hard. And so we always say at our house, like everybody in this family has a job and your job is to go to school. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. So, um, so last question, Audra, what students used to know of normal school, um, will be somewhat different again this year. Um, it'll be a little more back to normal, but still different. Um, and that, 
that brings some anxiety um, to children. And so what, what can I do as a parent to help support my child through these changes? I think first thing, if, if it's possible, maybe try reaching out to your child's teacher to see if they have any routines that might look a little different, whether that's their bathroom routine, whether that's the walking in the hall routine. Um, and I know that'll work a little bit better for the, the younger students, but for the older students, I think it's reminding them or maybe kind of going to, through their day to see, well, what is still the same? Like passing periods are still gonna be the same. Um, you going to lunch with your friends, that's still gonna be the same. A lot of the protocols that they're probably putting in place are more like safety procedures, you know, for health wise. And so the social distancing and certain things like that, which we have all kind of become accustomed to. I know for me now, if I go into a store without my mask on, I feel weird. <laughs> so it's like, I think it's letting them know like those, those rules and those regulations and those routines that we've been following even virtually whenever we step foot outside of our home, how we adjust it to our new normal, even though it's kind of tough in the beginning, any change in the very beginning is going to be awkward. It seems weird. It seems like it's just different. However, it's reminding your child, hey, yes, of course, this is different in the front. I mean, different in, in the beginning. However, like the same way we all learned how to wear a mask and sanitize and social distance and go to virtual school, because I know HSC went to virtual school at the drop of a hat. And it was a tough transition. My son at the time was a junior and it was a tough transition for him, but we got through it. We got through it. I'm a big person on remind children of a last time they had to transition and how they got through it. And this, is, this isn't any different. Same type of coping skills. It's the same type of mindset. Of course, when it hits you, you want to run or either <laughs> or, or just back down from it. But the more that you empower your child, children do so well with praise. So, And I know as a parent, we get frustrated because it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't have time for you to break down because you don't want to go to school. Sometimes we feel like that. But the more that you praise your child, the more that you empower them, the more that you strengthen them to use those skills that they already have that a lot of them have probably forgotten that they have, that they can deal with change. They can cope with change. They can get through this. Empower them. Children light up with praise. So I'm big on like just, just letting them know that as much as it's going to be difficult, as much as it feels like it's difficult, I promise you, if you get through this, this is going to become your new normal as well. Mm -hmm. Audrey, I loved how you talked about empowerment. And one of my favorite, as a former child therapist, one of my favorite activities um, was to do the whole in my control, out of my control um, donut kind of right. And so we would sit, I would sit with my students. I do this with my own kids. Like, all right, in this situation, what do you have control over? Um, and really empowering them of like, well, you don't have control over, you know, who's, a, who's in your lunch, right. Or, you know, <laughs> who you get to play with at recess, but what you do have control over is how you, how your attitude about it. Um, or, you know, you have control over yourself. Um, and I think that that's pretty empowering for, for kids to think about, um, and to understand that there are a lot of things in life 
especially as a child that they don't have a lot of control over, Mm -hmm. but there are some things that they get to have control over and having those conversations versus, you know, always feeling as though they're the one that people are, are making do things, um, can be really helpful. Well, I am so grateful for this conversation today Great. and both of your expertise and, and the information that you've been able to share. And so before we sign off um, from this podcast, I really wanted to offer each of you an opportunity to leave our parents with one last word of wisdom as we start the 2021-2022 school year. Courtney, do you want to go first? Absolutely. I want you to just love on your kids. I want them to know that you love them and that they are loved and they know going to school may be difficult sometimes, but they know they're going to come home and have you there. They're going to have that hug before they go to school or when they come home from school and they have that parent they know that they can come to and talk about what happened. And so whether that's by playing the high low hippo game or whatever it may be, it is a way for you to have that communication, open communication with your kiddo and know that they're loved and cared for. So they feel comfortable to be able to share that. Great. Thanks. Audra. So I can't take credit for this quote, but I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I hold it with me now. I was watching the TV show, Ted Lasso, where he's a coach and he was trying to encourage his team. And he, he told one of the players who was really down on himself. He was like, do you know that the happiest people in the world and the, the player who was really hard on himself, really just kind of just depressed mode was like, I have no idea. He said a goldfish. And the player was like, why? He said, because a goldfish only has a 10 second memory. So go be a goldfish. And it just reminded me of like, how much do we hold on to? So just empowering your kids again, like we don't have to hold on to if we have a bad moment at school, we don't have to hold on to that. But what we can hold on to is those moments where we got through, those moments where we pushed, those moments where we persevered. And so just kind of, again, letting kids know, like, go be a goldfish, hold on to those moments at school where you saw your friend for the first time and they ran up to you and get and they gave you a hug. And now you get to be in class with your friend. Hold on to those moments like that will definitely help your child get through the day. I love it. And I love Ted Lasso too. Well, um, I just want to reiterate that here at Hamilton Southeastern Schools, we want you and your students to be successful um, and we will do whatever we can to support you along the way. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We have more great content planned for future podcasts. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss Raising HSE.